Yo guys, welcome back to Kilimanjaro Podcast. Uh, I always feel cringy when I do that, but it's calm, it's calm. Uh, we got a couple of guests over here from Canada. Toronto to be exact. But yeah, you guys have been doing podcasts for a while now, isn't it? So we've been looking yeah. at your stuff, you know, leaving comments and stuff like that. Leaving a trail, basically. Hopefully one day you, you find our shit. <laughs> well, let's get, yeah do you guys want to introduce yourselves and then we'll get to it yeah so um we're part of the, we're the cousin connection podcast yeah you know you got one host here my name is amir haroon uh and you got my co-host <laughs> i'm sara um yeah so we're we're cousins we decided to start a podcast during the pandemic like many other people um yeah. we've always felt like we've had pretty like good conversations just whenever we hang out anyways and so we one day we're like you know what we should just we should just record this and see where it goes and Mm -hmm. that's honestly how we started like we just we agreed that we would start it amir bought all the microphones um we don't even have a camera we actually record on his phone Mm -hmm. um yeah so shout out to his phone we do a lot of our stuff like that to be honest like yeah phones mostly in the podcast studio wherever we are like you can you realize how you can do so much with so little. Yeah. You start up, like any, any endeavor you have, like yeah. first look at the tools you have mm-hmm. and see what you can do with them. If you feel like you need to invest in a couple of things, like you can do yeah. that, but you don't always have to go over the top and get all this extra gear just to yeah. do something like a podcast or even starting a YouTube channel for whatever you're doing. Yeah, definitely. Like there's barriers of entry to think about. There's like, you know, other people who are like umming and eyeing and are not as confident and mm-hmm. you know sometimes when you're not as confident and you stall on yourself you just waste time mm-hmm. thinking what could have been and then it's like mm-hmm. six months down the line and you haven't started something so yeah, yeah that's, that's amazing how you um, also like gave it that one shot to do a podcast and now look where you guys are now you know you're like, hey. exactly you know yeah. what like i think the, between the both of us like Amir was the one that was like, you know what, let's just start. And I was very, like, apprehensive. I'm like, are you sure? Like, we yeah. don't even know what we're going to talk about. He's like, no, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Like, we got this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the first episode we ever recorded didn't even make it to air because it got deleted, right? Or was that the second Oh, episode? no, that was, like, I think the third or fourth episode we did one where we just, like, it didn't record <laughs> properly or something like that. But yeah. honestly, like, the best time to start in anything you want is today. Like, <laughs> no matter what it is you yeah. want to do, like, when you start putting it off, mm-hmm. then you start doing, like, what you mentioned, where you start thinking, oh, if I just started then, how much more yeah. further along would I be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So even if you feel like you're not going to be the best at it now, you might as well start now and start to build up those skills over time and hopefully yeah. build an audience at the same time. I think I think a big part of it is um, just being consistent. Like, when we started, I... I mm-hmm. Whenever I listen back to the first couple episodes, I cringe because I think over time we've gotten more and more comfortable speaking and we don't say like, um, and, and stall and we're not as awkward as we, we used to be. With time though, like you, you get comfortable, you get used to it. And, and now anytime that we yeah. have guests who aren't on podcasts. And I see how nervous they get. I'm like, oh my God, that used to be us. Yeah. Do you remember how long it would take us to like start yeah so and it helped like to because we kind of did a gradual thing right where we first started just purely audio Mm -hmm. so we kind of got used to that format first and then introduced video because it let us kind of like uh get those early podcast nerves out of the way and then take the next step 
Yeah, I mean, like, we kind of did it the other way around. Like, we literally just decided, okay, like, th this is not even my original co-host, by the way. This is, like... Um, yeah, I noticed Yeah, that, I like, didn't recognize him. <laughs> and uh, um, he's done a couple of episodes. He's done, like, yeah. uh, this, like, Kelly Talk series that we do. Where it's just, like, us guys kind of talking. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I kind of brought him on for this episode because, like, I, I feel like I want to relate on the, the Islamic points. Like, I've seen you guys, like, talk about hijabis and, like, Mm -hmm. marriage and stuff like that and i kind of want to get in tune because like you know i'm trying to gear up i'm not saying i'm ready to get married but i'm trying to gear up to that point <laughs> but i know that the marriage topic is overplayed on your podcast a little bit so i'll keep it brief. exactly yeah. the moment you put marriage in your title you already know you're getting like at what, least so we just say marriage times and people will click the video yeah exactly yeah, no, your click through rate definitely goes up the reason why i brought him on is because like um he's like krishna conscious he does like that's your practice, right? Yeah. Basically, and it's a form of Hinduism, right? Yes, yeah, form of Hinduism. Yeah. Um, and he he kind of believes in like very similar principles to Islam, and I kind of wanted to like bring that in as an example, not like um going too deep into it, but kind of like just giving an overview because it's obviously important to him, and that's uh kind of what his uh shooting star is that he's kind of trying to follow right now. Yeah, like he has a different perspective, basically, that he can bring to this. Yeah, hundred percent. 100%. And um, I feel like to start off with, do you feel like um, religion is kind of like a stringent rule book of uh, things to follow? And really and truly, I believe that there should be some gray areas. And mm -hmm. I feel like some people take religion out of context as like a rule book. Mm -hmm. So do you guys find yourself like umming and eyeing about certain things in our religion? Uh, to sort of answer your question, like I think it's you have to realize that there are also a lot of schools of thought when it comes to, let's say, Islam specifically. Like yeah. you have like many interpretations, like, transliterations, stuff like that. Yeah, like uh, you have uh, judgments. Like that's why it's not the best to judge. It's, as a Muslim, it's not the best to judge another Muslim by their actions. Because yeah. you don't know if maybe they're list they're following another school of thought mm -hmm. when it comes yeah. to something that's been interpreted. Uh, yeah. There are certain things that are more like um, black and white, black and white. But then there is that room, like you mentioned, for a lot of gray area in more uh, day to day activities that yeah. Muslims take part in. Uh, and I feel like maybe that's it's hard in in a, in, a, in online these days because you have people who don't realize that there could be other schools of thought so they immediately jump at it and be like this is wrong this is wrong uh not yeah, realize uh, shia sunni debate for example like, that's very prevalent it's like you know they don't see eye to eye to each other because like when they were growing up they were told yeah. things that were contradictory about the other sect yeah. and now they're yeah. bringing those perspectives into a real life conversation with adults it's like it's not gonna work mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. why it's very... Okay, sorry, I'm taking over here. No, 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 <laughs> I, was, I, I, I was hoping you'd answer first. I mean, you just your podcast, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's just the co-host and I... <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I was playing about Thank that. Thank you for the shade. Okay, I was, I was playing about that, okay. Um, yeah. I, I think rather than viewing it like a stringent, like, book of rules, I, I actually no, view I it as... That. I see it more of like a, a way of life. Like, you know how um, it's, it's kind of like a guide on how to live your life. And I think... Um, just like Amir said, there are certain rules that are like very clear and very black and white, like it's either this or that. Um, and yeah. then, you know, there are schools of thought and there are difference of opinions amongst the Islamic scholars for a reason. Um, 
essentially it's like a mercy to all of us, right? Because I think in the day and age that we live in, a lot of us that are Muslim don't live in Muslim countries. It's actually very difficult for us to comfortably and openly practice our religion without feeling any sort of like discrimination or racism or whatever the case may be because we're not in a Muslim country. Like that's just how... There's a lack of confidence, right? Like in an yeah. like we'd all be praying outside and like, you know... We wouldn't care exactly. about exactly, and, and it's been spread from its roots. You it's know? been spread all over, like the West, and like it's it's being done differently now. Like because it's that it's too, your main country is going spread to different countries, so it's all, yeah, you know, you're trying to adjust to it in different countries. So it's a bit different from where it first started. I feel like that too. Yeah, that, and I think you know, at the end of the day, when you're not in a Muslim country, like the society and the way that things are your work your school it's not built around your religion it's built around like i think in america in canada in canada and england like it's it's a huge separation between church and state um and so you know something as simple as friday prayer for the guys some employers may accommodate you to leave in the middle of the day to go do your friday prayer and some may not and so you're not you're not able to do that on a friday you know what i mean but if you're in a muslim country I don't know if you guys have ever been, but you'll notice that shops will close down, businesses close mm-hmm. down for an hour to two hours so that men can go and do that and then come back and resume their, mm-hmm. their work day like normal. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think the, the difference of opinion thing is, is sent to it's It's happening because it's a mercy, because not everybody understands things the same way. Not everybody can follow rules the same way. Yes, there are things that are black and white, and then I think there are also gray areas for for a good reason. It's like um, in your home country, it's sort of like you have to follow it. Whereas when you're when you're moving to like, for example, we're in England, it's, yeah. it's become sort of like a like a choice where you don't have to do your prayer at two p.m. or something, you know. Whereas if you're in your home country, it's like everyone start it's two p.m. Let's all do our prayers now. It's like it's completely yeah yeah it's different yeah yeah but that's i guess um one of the things that's like kind of black and white is like the prayer itself you know um we we, like are technically held responsible for that but i think Mm -hmm. it's because um we're kind of away from other muslim people as much Mm -hmm. you know like if you're in a muslim country you're going to be surrounded by it and there's going to be more eyes on you and like whether we like it or not when you have uh, a certain type of eye on you you assimilate to that kind of person yeah you know mm-hmm. like for example we had this guy from birmingham on and you know the accent is kind of like disgusting can't lie to you <laughs> but i basically started speaking in that birmingham accent and mm-hmm. i didn't even know i was doing it it was like an unconscious thing yeah but like in the same way when you're around those kind of people you kind of like match their energy yeah. it definitely is like a huge it's the influence of culture right like mm-hmm. the reason that back home everything is a lot more like you know followed by the rules you know everybody knows when to go for the prayers and over here and like in the west you kind of have that people who feel like they have more of a choice is because it's more ingrained in the culture back home while over here we're dealing with a completely different culture altogether so it it can lead to a lot of conflict with people who are trying to be more on their dean or more religious but has seeing having all these other influences in the background yeah and uh, yeah, something uh, pretty good I wanted to bring up is like, okay, so this guy is obviously Hare Krishna. And similar to me, I kind of believe that if you have people who practice your religion around you more often, you will probably 
become a better that thing, whatever that thing. Oh may yeah, be, definitely. Whether it's Muslim or Krishna, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And me personally, like I've only started seeking that out this year because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, you kind of want to be the people's guy in it. You kind of want to have all of these different cultures around you because at the end of the yes. day, everyone's trying to hit the diversity quote is even you, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, it might not be like uh, people um, showing hijabis and McDonald's commercials and stuff like that. Ah, but, you like, saw that. I <laughs> to do that shit, you know, like we try and um, show everyone that, look, I'm the peaceful guy. I have all of these people around me. So there's nothing to be worried about because we're mm-hmm. all trying to, um, at that first meeting, we're all trying to make someone else comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Actually, um, I had a question about that. Uh, there's a, there's a, something we talked about a couple weeks ago that was a little yeah. controversial. Uh, did you did you ever watch the show Rami? No, no. Explain, explain. Okay, well, Rami is basically it's a show about um, a guy who's Muslim, at yeah. least in the first couple seasons, and he's kind of going on a spiritual journey where he's kind of like he he's uh, very like religious at one point, then he becomes yeah. not religious, then he comes almost anti-religion, and then he comes back to the religion. So it's kind of following the journey of like a Muslim guy and trying to find his place in Western society while also having his Muslim identity. And it sounds very similar to a lot of things, which a lot of people are going through in the West. It's uh, very similar to what a lot, I feel like a lot of people are going through in the West. Uh, But I guess the controversy controversy was that um, he's also like, of course he's playing a character, but he's, he's doing a lot of things that we would consider looked down upon in the religion or uh, our sins in a way uh, yeah. to get his story across. But a lot of Muslims are saying that this is not really a good representation of Muslims, Muslims even though he is technically also saying that these are not good in the religion, but he's still doing them, show the journey that his character is going through. Yeah, so, the character right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so... Do you think it's important to have that type of representation in media where even though they're kind of showing a lot of the things that go on behind the scenes within the Muslim community, uh, is that representation worth it to, to, to kind of expose the, the, even the negative things that might go on with the community? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important. Like, um, I was just talking to this guy like uh, right before the podcast and Mm -hmm. I was kind of telling him that, okay, like he does this uh, Krishna consciousness thing, right? And it's Mm -hmm. like a really important pillar in his life that he's following. So when he speaks on a podcast, Mm -hmm. he brings that kind of mentality there. And when he's answering certain questions, he's answering it in a way where he's portraying that he's already at that shooting star. Mm -hmm. And... I would probably say that that's negative. It's negative to speak like that because you're kind of downplaying your personable nature. Like you might uh, reach the attention of more people. And obviously that this is a podcast that's on YouTube. We're talking to the average person, right? We're not Mm -hmm. talking to someone who's, you know, already made it. You know what I mean? So you're you're saying like it may not be fully genuine. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like the best way to be is more genuine because more average people will be able to cling on to your message and ride the journey with you. And I assume that you guys talk about the religion because you're also in the position where you're trying to better yourself Mm -hmm. and you're taking your audience through that journey because 
you know that you know having a hijabi on a podcast is probably going to bring more muslim people you know what Definitely. i mean mm, i think that i think you're you're right in the sense that you need to be authentic and i think the biggest thing that brings viewers in is being vulnerable yeah. um, i find that whenever we speak on like mental health breakups relationships like anything that like is not surface level yeah. um more people can relate right because at the end of the day like even if we have somewhat of a platform online that doesn't mean that we don't go through real things we still have day jobs we still have like life outside of the podcast and so the best way to relate to people is to to talk about your life and that was a big struggle for me when we started because it's like okay now we're talking about personal things that you know we wouldn't want to share with the whole world but when yeah, we do yeah. we also get good feedback where people are sending us like really meaningful dms and they're opening up and they're telling us this their story so um in a way like us being authentic and sharing those real stories <clears throat> if it's helping someone then we've done our job you know what i mean like if we're yeah. influencing someone in a positive way we've done our job and i wouldn't necessarily say that our podcast is a religious podcast yeah. in any no, no, way it's, like, it's, it's not by the way guys like i'm not <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. You know. I know. I don't. I don't think it is. We do touch on it here and there because at the end of the day, we're Muslim. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We speak on it here and there when it relates. Yeah. I think even in our in our intro podcast where we introduce our who we are, what mm-hmm. we're doing. Yeah. Like we mentioned that we're not only going to talk about like things that affect the Muslim community or about Muslim topics. Like we're going to talk about every aspect of who we are, whether it pertains yeah. to the, our our blackness or it pertains to our Muslim side or it pertains to our ethnic uh, background. So it's it's supposed to be all encompassing because we are just people at the end of the day, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We're not we're not going to try and portray ourselves as sheikhs out here. <laughs> we we yeah. are we definitely have faults and we try to expose those and realize and show people that we're growing from them and what you can learn from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that 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 is, I guess, the message that you guys want to bring across is like, you know, when you're even, for example, selling to a person, you have to come down to their level first mm-hmm. of yeah. um, like how excited they are, bring your excitement down, and then bring it back up, right? Because that's yeah. how you make the sell. So in the same way, like, we're not trying to sell something to people, but we're trying to have these like real life discussions so that maybe one person might open up to you in the dms and you might be able to help them for example or mm-hmm. you might just want to like fuck around and make people laugh in it like whatever you guys want to do I think <laughs> you know, it's a mix of it all honestly i'm, I'm more of a peacekeeper <laughs> are you though like, well, you be, he's saying that he's a peacekeeper but i feel like amir is the one that picks the more controversial topics i think you definitely start the pot a little bit man absolutely oh, okay. does <laughs> if you saw our clip last week everyone was like "Ooh." Um, how long have you guys been doing your podcast by the way first release last year so it's been about a year now mm-hmm. oh nice congratulations didn't blow off like how we wanted to but like you know as you said consistency in it we're gonna keep on yeah. trying to spread the message whatever that may be if uh you know 200 people listen to it i don't care like it's uh it's more for me than anything else, you know what I mean? Yeah, one thing one thing we've definitely learned when you're dealing with just trying to get something out there in the social yeah. realm is that first off is consistency. 
Yeah. It's also uh, making sure you know how to like diversify where you're putting your stuff. So like you should put your podcast not only in audio form, but like on YouTube, you guys have done that. But putting it in shorts, put it on TikTok, putting it yeah. everywhere possible, getting as much eyes on it as possible and being consistent. Those are two of the biggest things that really help with it. And of yeah. course, like the quality of the content, it will come. Uh, but as long as you have some pretty good uh, topics and and good insights on them, I feel like the, the audience will come. They will show up. Yeah, I wanted to ask you guys, since we were like talking about, you know, Islam and like the things that are more clear cut, what do you guys think about clubbing? Like, do you think Muslims should be allowed to go clubbing if they don't drink? <laughs> like, uh, everybody can make whatever decisions they want. Personally, I, w- I wouldn't yeah. go to a club because that's just not how it was brought up. But it's also like uh, something that's generally just looked down upon. Yeah. In the in the in Islam in general, um, and yeah, I think like you mentioned earlier, the environment you're in, your the people and the people you're surrounded by really affects what you yourself are going to do. You don't realize how much peer pressure affects you until yeah. you're in the environment and and you're getting pressured to do something you normally would not do. Yeah. And if you put yourself in a location where you're more likely to be influenced to do something that you wouldn't normally do, you probably yeah. shouldn't be in that location to begin with. Uh, so if depending on what your goal is, if your goal is to be more, uh, if we're talking about Islam direct, specifically, if your intention is to be more on your deed, more of a Muslim, try and get yourself, try yeah. and be in more uh, environments that will make you better in those cases. And I, I feel like that's probably not the best environment to find yourself in. But of course, at the end of the day, it's like a personal decision. Because we were speaking about this as well, and um, how mm. because I'm in Krishna consciousness, um, mm-hmm. one of the things is that we should try to associate with 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 Krishna conscious people as much as we can, and try mm-hmm. not to associate too much with people that are non devotees. And um, mm-hmm. that's one of the questions that came up was like, oh, so you know, if if if, if, if there is a club atmosphere, would you go to it or not? And I was like, to him, well, um, I have to be kind of careful, um, and uh, you know, usually because of, uh, I became Krishna conscious, I kind of stepped mm-hmm. away from going clubbing and stuff. It just kind of automatically, I just yeah, because you're on a straight path, right? Yeah, and obviously mm-hmm. we're trying to avoid people who are drinking and all these things and just talking unnecessary things, which kind of happens when you're drinking. Um, mm-hmm. And um, he also asked me this other question. Well, so yeah, that's fine. But what if it was someone like a, a loyal friend? Or like someone in your family, like they're having sort of a, a yeah. party. Or let's and, say it's like a birthday and like it's been your boy for like 10 years, that kind of thing. Yeah. And you've um, done the work to be like, okay, I'm not going to drink. I practice like, you know, not drinking. I'm not going to give into peer pressure. I just want to like enjoy the time with my friends and dance. Now, this is a, obviously the, the silver lining that we're talking about. Because like at the end of the day, you have to go, you kind of have to show your face to your family. So yeah, I would go to it and I would, you know, try my best to do what I can with them, have fun, you know, have good conversations. And um, I would be the one that's not drinking, but I would sort of, you know, make make uh, as much as I can to make the event good, you know. So, like, for example, as everyone's drinking, I would just bring in board games, you know, and have laughs and sort of make the place entertaining, even though I'm not and drinking. And more palatable for what you're trying to reach, right? Mm-hmm. I was just listening to your answer, and I think, um, I think we would both kind of do something similar where if if your family member is having a party where there's i mean all of our family is muslim so i don't think they would have a party with alcohol yeah, yeah. but if it's like a, a really close 
friend who drinks or has alcohol around yeah. um even if we did go i think it's okay to show your face but still uphold your boundaries you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i'll give you an example um i went out yesterday after work with my coworkers um everybody else was drinking and i they all know i don't drink and they totally yeah. support that and they were okay with that. it you put the boundaries there i think it's it looks worse if i as a hijabi i'm there like doing shots with my coworkers mm-hmm. i think that would look worse <laughs> yeah. um similar to clubbing like i just feel like um as a muslim like you you know your boundaries and and like you said and like amir said like you are who your friends are right so if you're trying to elevate in your spirituality why would you like you're going to do your best to stay away from settings that are going to pull you back down you know but at the end of the day like everyone's on their own journey and yes things happen and yes you you know it's a roller coaster it's not always like a straight line upwards right like yeah. we can be doing great and then plummet and then go great again you know what i mean so yeah. at the end of the day if you set your boundaries and you uphold them i think that's the best um if you're outwardly portraying like your your spirituality like your religiosity i guess in general mm. a lot of the times those friends will know already what your boundaries are yeah and yeah. whether if even even that question of them ask you to come here or there mm-hmm. like they might realize okay maybe this guy won't show up for this but he'll mm-hmm. show up for this so those questions will change you'll find yeah, depending you on the dinner part. before but you won't come to the clubbing afterwards so they sort they sort of know the boundaries so they're kind of like oh they still they still ask if oh do you want to come uh, chill out afterwards but like obviously knowing my boundaries mm-hmm. like you guys said i would you know be like oh no i'm, I'm off now like it's, you know the days you're basically telling them i'm not getting paid to hang out with you guys now that ended after 5 p.m so see ya <laughs> yeah, man. some people at work try and really yank your chain to just be their friend like, oh, your, your co-workers don't listen to your podcast shout out to you who i'm talking about if you don't know already <laughs> So you bring up this TV show and you say, okay, because they're portraying not the ideal form of what we want to visualize as Muslims, mm-hmm. that's like kind of offensive to you. And then also uh, your close friend asking you to be in a setting that would cause you to do, not to do haram things, but to be in a more haram environment. I didn't like the, I actually love the show. Uh, okay. It's other Muslims who are more uh, uh, calling okay. it out for those things. Yeah. Yeah, no, what's your full perspective on it then? Like um No, like actually uh, funny thing enough like those that those scenarios are bringing up are things that are covered in the show, sure. right? Yeah. And of course he doesn't always make the decision you want him to make, but then yeah. you have to realize that this character is going through a journey and he's and like Sarah said, everybody goes up and then they go down and they come yeah. back up, so it's just interesting seeing the choices that he's making and yeah. knowing that whether they're right or wrong by the religion that he follows. So that was just interesting because it's very, I, I didn't grow up like that, right? I didn't have a lot of those um, uh, conflicts that he's having in the show. So it's interesting okay, seeing so someone who's going you didn't, re- you didn't relate to the show in that aspect where you didn't I didn't relate to it in that, like, yeah, I didn't find myself in a lot of those situations that he's finding himself in. But... Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to see that this is something that's going on, right? Because I'm just naturally curious. I want to see what goes on in other communities that I'm not aware of, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I get you. It's, it's definitely like a, a different way of um, thinking about religion as a whole because like I'm someone who's obviously like 
messed up a ton, right? So like, mm. um, you were saying you're curious. I, I was very curious, but I was also kind of rebellious, right? So I mm. really like argued with some of the the stringent rules, which is probably why I classed it like that subconsciously, you know? Yeah. Uh, like a kind of coping mechanism to like, you know, now I'm trying to be on the right path, but I know I messed mm. up kind of thing. And um, I guess I just kind of got lost in it generally, you know? Mm. And for that reason, I would relate to a character like that. And I would um, perceive that as a good message to bring to the average Muslim. I think I think you would really like the show if you watched it. I know yeah. other people might be like, why are you telling this guy about the show? But honestly, I think you would really like the show. You should check yeah. it out, you know? Maybe it's not on your in the UK streaming platforms, but you know you can find it on those illegal yeah, little VPN. <laughs> 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 exactly, but I'm telling you, I think you would really relate to this show. It actually made me very uncomfortable a lot of times watching that show. Yeah. I'm hoping that your audience actually has seen it so they know what I'm talking about. But um, I'm sure some of them will. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a good uncomfortability. Like it's it's he's not making knowing that you would make a different decision, maybe a better decision, maybe make make you feel better yeah, and maybe not make you feel as bad as the choices you've yeah. made. Yeah. 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 It's just like a little ego boost in it. Whenever you see <laughs> example, someone who's not as ex- experienced on a podcast and you're like, Oh, you know, that's cute. But you get there. <laughs> no, oh my God. <laughs> hey, we're all learning here, man. We're, all we're still, learning. we're still rookies. Okay. Don't exactly. look at us like we're pros. We don't know. What no, we're no, no. I'm going to look at you like you're pros and you know, that <laughs> no, no, no. Oh my God. Do you guys, purposefully not associate yourselves with people who would put yourself in a decision and would you go as far as to cut that kind of person off Ooh. i think we'd be different on this but you can go first yeah let's see let's see because there, there's like um, these factors involved right there's like loyalty involved there's like yeah oh, i've known this person for 10 years and i basically helped them through this thing or yeah. like he was having like uh, an episode of depression and you kind of like mm. helped him through mm. that gave him like a little bit of guidance and you feel kind of yeah I guess it's a bit of an ego boost thing where you feel like you've contributed to their life positively so you still want to see their climb mm-hmm. you know but yeah to this day like the people that are closest to me are still my cousins <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. but outside of that like I still developed more <clears throat> social circles with people that I did not grow up with and so um you know i think it depends on like what you're looking for in these people right like if you are networking and so that like therefore you have to make these sort of connections you kind of do it because you have a certain purpose in mind right yeah, yeah, yeah. you may not be their best friend you may not be going out to clubs with them they may invite you but you don't have to go yeah. um i think like, would I go as far as cutting someone off? Because I don't know. I think um, what I would do is if I had a friend who was just very different from me, I wouldn't cut them off, but I would just make it very known. Like, this is, you know, the path that I want to take. If you want to take that, like, fine. But, like, we are st- we can still be friends, but I just, I can't take that You'd path with you. Like, right? I can't. You'd be distant, right? So you wouldn't be, like, a close friend that you hang out all the time because that will start to rub off on you, their kind of habits and stuff like that. Is that what you're saying? Uh, it could be that or it could be the opposite, right? Like, and I'm not saying I'm perfect in any way whatsoever, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm saying like if I'm trying to be to better myself 
And if I'm really close to this person, maybe through my actions, they may be influenced. It's not always a negative influence, right? Um, so, you know, I think, I don't know. I think, I think it depends. I, I've never really been in that situation where I've had a friend like drag me down completely, completely at the end of the day. Like, yeah, I make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, shit happens. But at the end of the day, like, I always know to somehow turn back to my path again. Um, and if that person wants to separate themselves from me or if I want to separate from them, then you can, you can still be, you can still see that person. You can still talk to them. Yeah. Um, but then you'll always have to remember not to associate with them too much to the point where you're losing yourself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the simple thing is like, does the benefit outweigh the cost mm-hmm. of keeping them in your life? Like that, that's kind of what I go to. And sometimes yeah like whether we like to admit it or not we do have agendas this person can get me through this door to get a promotion for example and you don't want to ever be like okay bye said person i'm never going to speak to you again because that's just cringy in itself right but Mm -hmm. i guess you can do what you're saying which is like okay you know this person is not going down the same path as me i'm not going to spend as much time with them but I still want to keep them in my life because, you know, we have this mutually beneficial thing that we got going on. Mm-hmm. But what do you think, Amir? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for me, I, I feel like it's important to have uh, a diverse group of friends because yeah. you get different perspectives. And it, But like this, mm-hmm. for me personally, it depends on how sure of yourself you are and how sure of your, your dean you are, your dean, but like your religiosity. Because like, if you're sure of yourself, you know that you're strong enough to not be tempted by certain things. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's easier to have a more diverse group of friends because then you you've uh, set your boundaries. Most of the time, they know your boundaries, so it makes it easier to have that relationship without too much conflict or without too many like um, awkward situations you're being put into. Uh, so I personally like I still have a lot of friends who are not Muslim mm-hmm. from either college or even high school yeah. uh, even maybe a couple from elementary school mm-hmm. and I keep them around like I don't consciously keep them around and I'm not ever consciously I don't feel like I'm ever consciously gonna uh, cut someone off unless they do something like physically put some harm to me physically or mentally right mm-hmm. um, so yeah I just try and keep them uh, as friends to make sure that I always have a good idea of um, the different perspectives of what's going on, right? You want that devil's advocate in your life, you know, because like they will challenge your views because sometimes you're so mm-hmm. focused on your schedule and stuff like that, that you're not even worrying about this other perspective and you might be wrong and you might be sounding like an idiot. No one wants to sound like an idiot, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that in relationship is important to me because it actually made me a better Muslim. It made me, it made me look more into my religion, maybe more. uh, You seek out for uh, the knowledge because next time you see that guy, you want to have something to say, you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you, you you won't know like until people start challenging your ideas and mm-hmm. your thoughts and your in your religion, you won't you won't have that uh, those answers or rebuttals, right? But because yeah. I had someone doing that, I started like I was able to do well on my own. But then there, I was like, you know what? I should probably look into this kind of stuff just in yeah. case he comes up again. So yeah. you don't, you don't realize that relationships even like that, someone who's completely opposite to you, I guess, in that sense, you to look more into. Yeah, thought that obviously is gonna the benefits gonna outweigh the cost right yeah exactly mm-hmm. yeah so so 
Uh, you know, he's definitely trying to convert me, but you know, I, I is he really? <laughs> yeah, but you know, he sounds just... like I can't lie. Like yeah. this guy's <laughs> running the base every Tuesday. He's got his book out. He's like, okay, cool. Uh, Monday morning, Monday night after work, before work, you're like researching and shit. You're waiting for the conversation. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, that's so. Ultimately, that's why I feel like it's good to have a diverse uh, group of friends, because and even a great acquaintances, because you start to it can actually make you a better Muslim or uh, Krishna conscious in, in the end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, this has gone down the religious route. You know? <laughs> I feel like yeah, yeah. people good, who have um, who you meet straight away, and I know like we kind of spoke about these people, but you're saying like you're friendly with this guy. But let's say, mm-hmm. for example, you know those random people that you see who come up to you and are like, you know, Jesus is the savior, and they mm-hmm. preach at you. What, how do you feel when someone like that comes up to you guys, both of you? phase me and i think a lot of people who aren't muslim don't realize that muslims also believe in jesus obviously we don't believe he's god we believe he's a prophet um but i don't think they realize that so you know i don't whenever like i don't know if you guys this is like a very toronto thing but there's a the guy that we call the believe guy when you're in the heart of downtown in toronto there's this old white man who shouts in your face and just says like he tells you believe in the Lord. Like he screams it in your face all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if you guys ever come no, to I Toronto, inspired. <laughs> yeah. and you know what it is though? He'll be like quiet and you're just trying to cross the street and he'll startle you so yeah. bad. It's like jump scares at a movie. Like, what are you doing? Man? Yeah. Exactly. I, I, I can respect it to a level because yeah. when you're so devout to something, that you feel and and you truly believe in it and you feel like everyone else needs to hear this now mm. yeah. like there's a certain respect you can give that person you're like okay you really do believe this because you're actually going out in the streets and like preaching it to every person you see mm-hmm. um i don't i don't agree with the method exactly because i don't believe that method is super effective yeah. but i can i can respect it to a degree so that's my opinion on it yeah i don't know i think like if someone tries to talk to me and if like I'll be honest with you a lot of the times I'm just not interested in having that type of conversation like I don't want to be converted so I'll say it I'll straight up like I'm a devout Muslim or at least I'm firm in my belief like thank you but no thanks and I think it starts to get annoying when you've already told them like I don't want to have this conversation and they continue to try that's when I'm like all right you have three seconds to get out of my face before I (laughs) you know (laughs) Yeah, no. Yeah. How do you guys feel? Is that like something that happens often in in London, or are you in London? The, re- sorry, the reason why I brought it up is because um, that is part of the religion of Christian consciousness, right? Like you yeah, want to Christian consciousness. Even like for example, today, like every Saturday, we sort of uh, we go to different areas within London and Watford and Hartford, mm-hmm. and different areas, and we uh, which they won't do... know, but you know, London basically. Yeah, London, mm-hmm. and um, we do like distribution and like. Um, we do like charting of the Lord's name. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I've come across that experience where you're saying that you know uh, um, you're speaking, someone's speaking to you about Christianity, and you're like, "Oh, I'm a Muslim," and but they're still carrying on. I mean, that mm-hmm. happens even with me in my experience today because I was doing book distribution, and um, yeah, there was a time where they were like, "Oh, sorry, like um, I, un- I understand your religion, but I am a Muslim." And I'm, and mm-hmm. I was, I was just like, oh, that's understandable. I never forced it because with me, mm-hmm. I'm still like, if you know, someone's got their own faith, just let them be, and just you know, 
just just tell them about Krishna consciousness and mm-hmm. just tell them, you know, it's it's a way of expressing God and just like it's it's fine, you know, like I've accepted the fact that you said, Oh, I've got my own religion. But I do mm-hmm. know people that would be like Go oh, a step but, further and yeah, obviously I'm not like you, further. you don't go the step further. I'm not saying that. Unlike me, yeah. And yeah. um I feel like they shouldn't do that because now they're making Krishna's consciousness seem as if it's being forced. Mm. And yeah. And that's what extremists do, right? The way they feel. Yeah, exactly. And like yeah. people start to think, oh, these Hare Krishnas, man, what are they doing? They, you know, they're just they're just trying to force us to do something. And I feel like even when I'm trying to give out books to people, um, they already know like, oh, this guy's gonna force me. Like it's very much like no. Yeah. So Do people do this when they walk by you? Like they just Yeah, yeah, they do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they pretend I'm not there sometimes i'm just there there is there is a there is a method to where i feel like there's a kind of in between there where i've seen people do this there's actually i think like a group of muslims who do this in somewhere in the uk where they're more like instead of like preaching it out or giving it out they're kind of inviting people yeah sorry they're kind of like asking questions, right? And like feeling you out first. And yeah. like we said with the sales thing, you know, mm-hmm. you have to match the excitement first and then bring it up. And if you don't manage to bring it up, you, you have to go home. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Various yeah. scenarios, you know? So, yeah. And, and then, and also just inviting people to be like, if you have questions, I have a table here. Come mm-hmm. and go, come and ask me, right? It's crazy how um you guys were saying like people kind of walk by like this a little bit. But like, mm-hmm. I feel like it comes from somewhere from for everyone. Right. And for me specifically, my parents obviously try to like tell me to pray every day all the time, like every second mm-hmm. or whenever anything goes bad, you haven't prayed. This is why it's happening, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Whenever I have a test, it's like go and ask your grandma to pray for you because that's what will help you get there. Right. Bismillah, and yeah. that kind of thing. And <laughs> to be honest, like that kind of pushed me away from the religion for a bit. And that's what kind of sparked that rebellious nature. And Mm -hmm. it's the same way how people go like this. It's like, I don't want to be preached about something that Mm -hmm. I will probably never accept, Mm -hmm. you know? I think, you you can always go back in circles and, you know, realize, okay, they were only saying it for my own good and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we've spoken about on, on our channel is, Aside from just straight preaching the religion, like aside from literally preaching, um, a big way to kind of make people aware of Islam is literally through your manners. Mm -hmm. Like if you are so good to someone where they're like, wow, like you're really, you're a great person. How are you like this? And and you know how earlier in our conversation, I I said for us, like Islam is kind of like a way of life, right? Like it, it teaches you how to have good manners. It teaches you how to be good to your friends, your family, your neighbors, and people you don't even know, right? Like something as simple as a smile is considered charity in Islam. Like you get good deeds for smiling at someone, which is Mm -hmm. so simple to do. So I think, you know, outside of preaching in itself, I'm not saying it's bad, but if that's something that's difficult for one to do, you can definitely choose the manners Mm -hmm. route um, and, and influence someone in that way too. So, you know, that's just my two cents on that. I don't really know what you guys do outside of the podcast. So can you guys like, <laughs> yeah. read, like synopsis? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to say what you, I, I feel like it took over there for a while. So you... 
No, that's okay. I was actually enjoying your answers, okay. but um, <laughs> you mean like our day job? Like, what do we do in our day job? Yeah, sorry to ask such a shitty question, but you know what kind of. <laughs> so I'm a supervisor at a pension company. Um, and I actually have to practice having a grip on my emotions because I have a team under me and yeah. I'm, in, I'm uh, responsible for developing and coaching them. And, you know, not everyone, is, you're not going to get along with everybody, but you, as someone in a, a position of power, like you have to be, you have to show some level of sto- stoicism. Is that mm-hmm. the word? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and sometimes we have clients that the employees, you know, aren't able to, speak with or they they get so mad that they want to speak to a supervisor and mm-hmm. now i have to deal with someone screaming on the phone yeah and so just like how you said like someone could be literally cussing me out because they just want their pension they want their money yeah, and yeah. for whatever reason it's delayed so i'm here like yeah, yes no i totally karen. understand yeah. exactly a karen so and my job is to then de-escalate defuse the situation and yeah. so i feel like that in itself has taught me how to just chill out. Yeah. Their frustration has nothing to do with me personally. They just want their money and that's it. So, you know, that's my job. That's what I do nine to five or eight to five, whatever. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a techie, I'm an electrical engineer by trade. Yeah. But I like to think I, less about career, but I'm more of like an engineer in life, if that makes sense. Ooh. Okay. Not, not to get too deep. Not, not to get too deep. Okay. I so like, even though, by the way. sorry, go ahead. I, I studied electrical engineering also, by the way. There you go. Oh, See, okay. So, but, but having, because I have that engineer's mentality, like sure. I, I work as an electrical engineer and I'm in the, like a, a control systems field. Uh, but I've always had the engineer's mentality in that I like to learn how things work. Yeah. So I picked up a lot of different skills and tra- and things just I've learned over time because as an engineer, like you, you like to learn how things work and then use them for what you, whatever project you have coming yeah. up. Right. So like I've, learned how to like do sound design. I've learned how to edit, how to work with Photoshop, um, anything in the creative. I'm very much uh, inspired to do more creative things. And I use my engineering background to be able to uh, learn how those things work and use them for to my for my creative endeavors, basically. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Oh, awesome. Uh, so now I work at um, a housing association called Network Homes. And it's... Um, it's Someone's cool. shooting outside your house? I think it's Diwali. It's, yeah, it's fireworks, yeah. Shout out everyone, Diwali. Oh, okay. oh, I was like, um, you guys aren't even flinching. He's just like, yeah, we hear all these gunshots. Like, okay. Try not to pay attention. Yeah, um, yeah I work. So you in, still work in the field, kind of? Yeah, I still work in the field because I work in the electrical side, uh, and mm-hmm. I deal with uh, for different affordable rented homes and buildings and blocks. I deal with like the lifts and how and making sure that they're working and making mm-hmm. sure they they're serviced and inspected. So. Yeah, it's a very it's a very good job, but I can get uh, long. But you know, you can get monotonous. Like all of the all of the jobs that you guys described so far are kind of like monotonous in the sense that you know you have to repeat something over and over again. And to Mm -hmm. a certain extent, the creative outlets that you guys have and like we're we're trying to like build up here um, is allowing us that freedom to kind of break that monotonous nature of things, especially with the fact that we get to bring topics on board. And we know that through 
discussing these topics and bringing outside perspectives on, we can grow as people. And that's probably why a lot of people started their podcast in lockdown because they didn't have anything else to do. And then mm-hmm. when they realized, okay, it's not like a, a direct route up, they decided, okay, I'm just going to put myself in endeavors that actually bring in the money. But mm-hmm. we've sat there and gone, okay, cool. Like we have our stability. Now, what the fuck? And now, <laughs> we're not getting shot. Yeah, yeah, we're not getting shot. It, London's not that bad, guys. Um, you know, the stabbing is not guns. Okay, guys. Um, but um, we're in the hood too. Don't worry. <laughs> trying to make out the hood, man. Trying to make out the hood. <laughs> These creative outlets um give us that power, and we kind of like prioritize that. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, do you guys feel the same way in the sense that you're trying to break that monotonous nature of your job with this? Yeah, I, I think I think this podcast definitely gave us that creative outlet. And um, honestly, I feel like it forced us to even be more open and vulnerable with each other than we ever have mm-hmm. in the past. Like we've had so many conversations yeah. through this podcast where, you know, we I don't think we would ever re- like we don't really speak about relationships like that mm-hmm. and and we've talked about everything about here, yeah. through, through this uh, period because you Definitely. sound like you guys are open mm-hmm. with everything you know yeah, yeah. I, I mean I for the podcast, but I feel you I feel you I know what you mean but you never told us what you do by the way yeah no I was I don't know why I didn't um, <laughs> so so I do marketing right so I do like right. mm, it's basically CRM, so I like manage like you know all of those spammy emails that you get, web pushes, push notifications, all of that shit. I'm basically trying okay. to program people's uh, behavior. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's essentially what I do, right? Um, but yeah, like obviously I want to build a marketing agency so that I can have the freedom. But obviously this brings in the money. Mm-hmm. I kind of have experience, kind of like fell into. But this will give you a lot of experience in that. Exactly. Yeah. That like just marketing a, a podcast in itself will give you a lot of experience around that, especially since yeah, everything is done online great. these days. Yeah, like you can leverage those skills to use them in and whatever uh, business you have planned in the future, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, no, that that's literally the plan, you know. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's just crazy how like we we took all of these different journeys and now we're kind of like doing this thing. Do you mm-hmm. feel like because of this generation and how we've seen people gain? all of these quick accolades from stuff ranging from stupid shit like Love Island all the way through to people who are like doing these like uh, motivational kind of podcasts. Um, do you feel like we've been kind of brainwashed in that sense? Like we've been made to put this uh, thing out there, which is kind of exposing us to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. You feel like we've been kind of brainwashed to do that a little bit? I think yeah, a little bit. I think that um, yeah. we, our generation, especially with the rise of like reality TV stars or social yeah. media influencers, etc., has made uh, it's it's become more attainable to reach a level of like you know. I think we spoke about this once, where you know when you think about the traditional celebrity, whether it's a singer, actor, whatever. Yeah. Um, they always their lifestyle or or their level of fame and success always seemed unattainable as kids, right? Like you're, it, it was always like us versus like us and them. And then then you have reality TV stars where someone could be an average Joe one day and then yeah, become yeah, yeah. an overnight sensation the next day. Or social mm-hmm. media, like yeah. I think that now people who are trying to make it online, 
they know like, okay, so if I want to make it, I have to put myself out there. I have to talk about this crazy story. Like, you know, those story time videos on YouTube where people yeah. Yeah. tell their whole life, something yeah, crazy yeah, happened yeah. and then they get like a this million my views. That happened last week. I'm <laughs> going to put it online for everyone to see. Obviously, exactly. I, I don't think that's something that would come from any of our channels kind of thing. Maybe yeah. not the last week anyways, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, um, there is a, do you guys know Bull Burnham? Yeah, well, to some extent. Bo Burnham, yeah, he was he was originally like an internet star. Like he came, he made like uh, these kind of satirical songs, but he came out with uh, a documentary uh, called Inside. Or not? Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just gonna say I did like um, his stupid. Uh, um, you know, we have two bathrooms. There's a guest room bathroom thing. I covered his. Oh, the song. Yeah. yeah, but that one. So he he had a whole a Netflix special. Sorry, called Inside. Yeah, and it kind of um goes into that topic of like how it's and essentially the idea was that like everybody is technically performing these days like yeah. everyone is almost it's almost like we're all on a stage and we're performing for someone or f performing for everyone at the same time yeah. which is now why people can't go and experience something without pulling out their phone right yeah this is why like you can't have a unique experience and not and 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 feel okay with not recording it in some way or not capturing it in some way yeah. because at the end of the day we're all kind of like you mentioned brainwashed i guess yeah. to be um almost in performance performance mode at all times yeah because we're like leveraging our memory banks in exchange yeah. for uh you know oh well admiration yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah exactly. Do you guys feel the need though, where like if you're out with your friends or you're at a restaurant or you're on vacation, oh hold on, let me just take a picture and post this on my story. Do you guys feel that like need to do that, or are you able to live in the moment and not take a single photo? Yeah, most of the time I'm able to not take out my phone, but then in the mm -hmm. back of my head I'm like, okay, if I don't post consistently on my story then mm -hmm. people will stop following my story. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build an audience so that I can uh, build a network of people who are kind of similar to me, but also might have said businesses. I might be speaking purposely mm -hmm. to side hustlers so that I can build a marketing agency from it. And yeah. this might hold my goal. So that's what plays in my head when I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Maybe I'll post myself at this nice restaurant with this mood lighting over here. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like because we're all trying to sell the idea yeah. that we're like our life is something that it might not actually be, uh, so we can leverage that idea of who you are or even that audience to for whatever endeavors you have in the future, like you mentioned. Uh, and I feel like there's a lot more people who have that same thought in the back of their mind, mm -hmm. where they're like they're trying to be consistent because they know how the algorithm works and the algorithm has trained us. How we should be? How should we be posting? What should we be posting? And when should when we should be posting? Uh, and of course, there are people who probably don't choose to join or play in that game because they don't have those uh, aspirations. But yeah, a yeah. lot of people do, and and that's just the rea reality, the situation in the world we live in right now. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes it's actually better to live in the moment because you appreciate it more. Whereas it always when, is right when you're like filming it and like videoing or storing or something like that i feel like you you don't appreciate that day as much but on the contrary like i feel like i'm a very nostalgic person i like to look back on photos and videos so like even if we're at a concert for example if the artist is playing 
my favorite song, I'll record, I'll record like the first um, verse and chorus. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll turn off my, like I'll put my phone away and just enjoy the rest of the song because I want to be in the moment, but I also want it for memories later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. Like, uh, it, it's like the equilibrium we're trying to reach in it. Shout out, equilibrium. Clothing. But yeah, like, in terms of, like, um, the algorithm kind of playing on our minds and we have to, like, be more performative and act in this certain mm-hmm. way to capture it, uh, I feel like a, a great example of that recently is how Kanye West decided to wear a White Lives Matter <laughs> thing. And I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you guys what you think about it. I mean, personally, I don't think he's well. Um, I, I'm sure you guys know, but he suffers from bipolar disease. Um, but he, yeah, he sorry, disorder. Twice, you know, <laughs> he brings he brings it up, and I feel like people kind of uh, use that as a shield because they want to still appreciate his art, and they kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. And because of that benefit of the doubt, he wows out and does stuff like this. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to continue to get the benefit of the doubt at this point. Um, okay. If you saw in recent news, like a lot of yeah, like yeah, Balenciaga yeah. pulled him, yeah. like they, they removed him from uh, their partnership. But I think that in the beginning, he didn't take his meds because he felt like it stunted his creative um, abilities. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, but But I think, you know, anyone who has any sort of uh, disorder or disease, if they have some sort of medication to control it to to control it in some way like obviously you should be taking it you should be taking the responsible route um what he's doing right now is like a very prime example of just letting something like he's just unhinged like he's doing things for reaction Mm. um we spoke about this too where you know he's he has gone so far where he's like destroying his personal life he no longer he might who knows? Like he might end up ruining his relationship with his kids. It's like very sad to kind of watch someone who a lot of people used to look up to take this like very steep downward spiral. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I feel like at the well, we kind. I think we disagreed last time. I feel like people are responsible uh, of themselves to a degree because I was actually listening to another podcast where um, the guy had a friend who also was bipolar. Yeah, and he said that when and his and his friend told him like straight up like whenever I don't take my meds I feel amazing, mm. and he'll try and say the craziest things to just elicit a response from his friends, knowing that they're crazy because he feels good, and that's the the side of bipolarism that we're probably seeing from um, Kanye right now. One hundred percent. But yeah. yeah, but that friend also knows like like the responsible thing to do is to take your medicine mm-hmm. or to take his medi- medication, and if someone actively chooses not to take it at the end of the day that's their responsibility and whatever occurs in that time where they're not taking it is they're responsible for it so whatever the reaction is good or bad i feel like he's responsible for it right so whatever's going on right now he he put himself in that position and yeah if you put yourself in that position you have control over that thing and that means that you can't get mad when you get the reaction that you deserve right yeah, or that society believes you deserve. But don't you think like the the white lives matter thing was like a little bit funny? Because at the end of the day, he was taking the piss, right? Like he was trying to take a piss out of a movement that didn't actually do as much good as the perception was trying to be. Um, I think if he stopped there. Mm-hmm. 
it could be like seen as satire or comical or whatever like you're like Haha, no, very funny thing, right? there was two parts to the issue at hand yeah and then he kind of just kept going like he spoke about like he kind of touched into like anti-semitism at one point mm-hmm. yeah. he touched on like george floyd he was saying oh he didn't die because the cop had his knee on on his neck he died because he took some kind of drug or something like that like he he's just like really yeah yeah like he's just i don't know i i don't know if i can really have any more sympathy like i'm not that hardcore of a fan of him anyway so i'm kind of just well for me it was like if he wore a white lives matter shirt okay that's one thing uh but it's also who he had next to him that was really an issue Mm. uh because to actually speak on that george floyd thing the person who made the documentary saying that that cop didn't have his neck on his back was candace owens who who was the other person wearing the white lives matter shirt so it was more than just a shirt if it was just a shirt yeah and then he later explained it like it was an ironic statement how or like um maybe he was making a joke on something sure but then when he associates himself with certain people that make documentaries saying that someone yeah. who was obviously killed uh, by a cop was not actually, and he was actually on drugs or blah, 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 making up this information. That's where the problem for me really relies. Mm-hmm. By the way, my laptop's about to die. I was just going <laughs> to tell you, like, can you go play? Yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, probably die. yeah. It could be like a quick fire question session, but what's yeah. the most embarrassing thing that has happened to you? There's probably a lot of things, but I can't really remember what. <laughs> I can tell by your smile like, you're like man there's like kind of like take away the things that are too embarrassing <laughs> to say on here that's what you're kind of doing right um I, I guess for me it's probably like to do with uh like going for a girl and getting rejected for like the first time like that was probably the most embarrassment I felt and to be honest looking back like I I was lacking as a kid you know like I didn't grow into my ears and shit you know what I mean like I yeah. <laughs> going for kind of girl that I was going for at the time um yeah but yeah no that that was embarrassing because it was kind of a crowd of people in a predominantly white school like like 80 percent white people right and like mm-hmm. I'm doing this almost like a performance you know some people oh. would say. and I I did it because I wanted to like stand out and like seeing ballsy and stuff like that and like when you get rejected in front of like a whole bunch of people, you feel like your trousers are down basically. <laughs> like that, that, that was like the most embarrassing. And it was because I didn't have um, the capability to handle rejection at that point. Um, but then it's like a beautiful lesson, right? Because of the suffering comes bliss, right? And yeah. Uh, yeah, I just got really comfortable with getting rejected basically. And um, <laughs> No, honestly, it really does help to. And as a guy, I feel like it's necessary to get rejected. If you don't get rejected, then you're not gonna uh, get anywhere with the opposite sex. To be honest with you, because Mm -hmm. like you know, the pickup art—I'm not like a pickup artist or anything like that—but like the pickup artist industry would probably say that it's like a numbers game, right? And like Mm -hmm. you know, you have to go out there in abundance to seek out the right kind of woman for you to like start settling down with and since mm. that's the path i'm on right now it's you know it's a good thing that i've been burnt before in this realm you know because mm-hmm. now no you don't know what you want until you start like actually going out and yeah. seeing what's out there <laughs> yeah no for sure mm-hmm. so what about you guys what's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you i feel like we've already talked about a lot of these things I feel like the blind man story takes the cake. Uh-huh. The blind man story? That one, that one's too long, but... Okay. Uh, oh, there is one thing. Okay, so, like, 
I'm trying to expose my. I told this story before, but uh, so you know, like speaking about like dating in that world in general. Yeah. So uh, you know, I took someone out one time. Yeah. And it just happened to be their birthday at the time. So like, okay, you know, let me do something nice. Let me yeah. get them something like a cake for their birthday. Yeah. And this person really liked ice cream cake, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I was like, you know, it's the middle of winter. I'm sure it'll be nice and cold, so I can go around. With, I can like hide an ice cream cake, right? Yeah. So you know, we went out. Like I got them food and everything like that. And um, I was getting ready to like surprise them. We like pull up to the car. I open it up. I pull out the ice cream. The whole thing is melted oh. right in front of them. And and like it, it's in like a little bit of a cup thing, so it was kind of holding in place. So I didn't know it was it was, it was uh, melted yet. So I tried to put like a candle on it. Candle just fell in. Yeah. Next thing you know, I try, <laughs> I try standing it up, and I try to like light it up. The whole thing doesn't start lighting up because it's too windy outside. So this person just standing there watching me struggle with a cake that's fully yeah. melted. Liquid is getting everywhere. The candle's not turning on, and like. That was that was an awkward drive home. Definitely, <laughs> it's just silence. <laughs> yeah, so it's probably the most embarrassing, not most embarrassing, but one of the most embarrassing things that happened. Yeah, no, because it was out of good faith, right? You were trying to do something exactly. nice, and kind of exactly. bump up in your face. Yeah. Now you portrayed yourself as whatever, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. There's and, one. There's a the embarrassing. One of the embarrassing moments for me was. Um, well, you found one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's yeah. What it was was um, I got a new spoiler basically installed in my car, mm-hmm. and um, it was on for a few months, and it was all good. Like there was no issues. Um, but then there was one morning when I uh, left to go to work, and mm. I drove to work, and then as soon as I parked the car, I got out of the car to get my uh, work bag out of my boot, and mm-hmm. I realized the spoiler was just not there. <laughs> so what? I, yeah, it, <laughs> I think it, while I was driving, it must have just flew off. Um, so yeah. I'd, I'd, I didn't know it was. But did you park uh, up anywhere? I didn't park up anywhere. This is one straight journey from from. Oh, so it just fell off. It just fell off while I while I was driving to work. That person who installed it owes you money, bro. <laughs> um, you did you install it yourself? No, it was, yeah. So it's it was me and my dad that installed it, but obviously. Ah, maybe. But yeah, and yeah. Um, I forgot to put in the screws. <laughs> Let's do one more here. Let's do. We'll finish off on this one here. It yeah. says, if there's one thing you would want to be known for after you died, what would it be? Well, I think that so what do you want to the thing that you said at the beginning is a, mm-hmm. a very admirable thing to strive for. So, like, I would like to be known as, like, a kind of level-headed person, but I also want to be known as the kind of person who is able to provide. I feel like that's, like, one of the pillars that I, I would like to strive for in the sense of like, you know, take take my family through like a journey of like, you know, reaching these accolades and being comfortable and also like bringing some of the friends around me that I have, bringing them up with me. You know, now I don't know the exact time scale. I don't want anyone to hold me to this, blah, blah, blah. But like, that's what I'm striving for in the back of my mind and to myself. And um, let's hope I get there, innit? You guys could probably see if you're watching this right now. Uh, subscribe right now. What the fuck are you doing? Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, yeah, that's that's what I would like my legacy to be. It's like, you know, providing and also like this peacemaker who's able to bring people up when they're down around me so that, mm-hmm. yeah, when my grandkids are telling my story, like that, that's, that sounds nice to me. Yeah, because they, they, then they'll have like, someone in their own family they can strive to be 
or strive to look for, you know, like mm-hmm. their own role model. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you want to be that that bridging gap between like someone who is unattainable and someone who is like an average Joe. Because mm-hmm. you know? they say if he can do it, then I can do it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? I'm going to steal your answer and say, <laughs> <the same. laughs> um, I think for me, I would want to be remembered as, um, you know, just being kind to anyone who comes in my path um I think you guys, and you guys are very kind thank you <laughs> that's really nice of you and i think just, moment right now oh my god yeah <laughs> i just i want to be known as yeah um leaving people better than i met them you know so yeah, no, that's a big whether that's through friendship or just general advice if they need if they're seeking that from me or help in any way and that's i'm going to keep it at that mm-hmm. and for me it's um I would I would want to be known as someone who uh, gave or at least helped his community as much as he helped his own family, or like was at, who loved his community just as much as he loved his own family. Yeah. Because like if, if it's it's one thing to like love your family, of course, like you always want your family to think of good of you. Mm-hmm. But if the community thinks good of you and recognizes the the things that you've done for them. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's also important, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Community is a big part, a big thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys have kind of shown me through this podcast that there there is a way to go about that. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to take on some lessons from this. I'm sure that Levan is too. Yes. Um, and uh, we brought a different perspective to him as much as he brought a different perspective to us. And uh, exactly. yeah, I guess this is a signing off, guys. Hopefully we'll have yeah. another conversation. Um soon maybe like in a year yeah. we can come back and like rewind the clock and see what's happened yeah um, yeah that would be really cool or hey if you guys are ever in toronto <laughs> hit us up that, that is like the we, ideal we goal. were saying as well where um we yeah. were like um canada's everyone says canada's amazing so you want to go and have a look and you know any closing thoughts guys um well we want to thank you guys of course for inviting us onto your podcast and everyone who's listening or watching make sure you subscribe to their channel okay we're mm-hmm. trying to get them up <laughs> we're trying to see the boys win so subscribe like the video leave a comment for future suggestions if you guys do that hopefully you yeah, do. Yeah, no, we're, we're getting there we're getting there we're learning mm-hmm. gotcha gotcha and yeah. and you know if you guys like this collab let them know and you might do it again yes. yeah no please do please do mm-hmm. but yeah no I, i've learned a lot from you guys so thank you for coming on and I just want to say as well, uh, just before we go, that uh, make sure you guys subscribe to Cousin Connection as well. They do. Hey, hey no, no, yeah, I'm addicted. Sorry. Like, <laughs> thank you for making. <laughs> appreciate it. Um... And also, and also, um, if you guys uh, want to check out my YouTube channel, um, yeah, yeah, it's Love and Life, and um, I create dance videos. We'll put it in the middle somewhere. Don't and uh, dance tutorials. Mm-hmm. So if you guys want to check that out, maybe learn a dance move that you might want to pop pop somewhere um mm-hmm. and uh yeah uh, there's a lot of things on my videos uh blogs uh, uh and stuff coming up the, yeah, tell them there's heat coming up that's it um, but yeah no yeah. my family's from um east africa biggest mountain over there is tanzania that's why it's like the journey 
Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. East Africans unite. I know. <laughs> We're neighbors, basically. Yeah. Yeah. No. But yeah, I appreciate you guys. I'm gonna stop the recording now. Um, okay. Thank you. Thank you.